Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts, and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation, and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. Ladies and gentlemen, today it's really a big, big pleasure because I have Naim Arif together with me on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Hi, Naim. How are you? Hi, Greg. Good to meet you. Good to see you again. Thank you very much. I'm super thrilled because uh, every year we meet again and again, and this is already the second time that you are on my podcast. Thank you very much. I'm really looking forward to discuss with you about agility and customer experience, how to blend them. And before we start, perhaps could you please short, shortly introduce yourself? Yeah, definitely. So uh, my name is Naeem Arif. Um, I'm going to be 50 next year, so uh, half a century old. Um, I spent a lot of my life uh, working in business transformation for some really big clients in the public sector, manufacturing, retail, mostly around SAP transformations. Um, and um, I also have a, I've also been a director of a retail business called United Carpets, who are a national flooring retailer. Uh, and um, also author of a number of books, some in which Greg has also contributed to. Yes, I think you are a great project manager and therefore everybody wants to contribute to the customer experience series. I think now it's coming the number, f the fifth book. Is it correct? Yeah, we're just doing the planning for CX5 and uh, that's going to be launched very soon. I think probably about the same time as this, uh, this podcast goes out, we'll be requesting Uh, interesting people who want to contribute to Custom Experience 5. Ah, that's great. And I can recommend to everybody to buy the old books because they are all great. I was part of some of them, but every every book has a lot of great insight. And I think what I really like is the diversity of mindset, of the thinking of the different people, everything in one book. But now we are not speaking about CX uh, Uh, the CX series, but we are speaking about you, and you are also transitioning from a consultant role into a end-user role. Uh, could you please elaborate a bit on that? Yeah, so a lot of the projects I've done have been um, with uh, you know um, with clients, uh, but since lockdown one, when we had a, a huge uh, change of circumstances in the UK, um, I decided to focus a lot more on the retail side, so the business that I was involved in, United Carpets. Um, so now, over the last three years, uh, I only do a very small amount of uh, consultancy work. Um, I do mostly advisory roles, which means I'm only working three, four, five days a month. Uh, and the rest of my time, I'm investing uh, in customer-facing uh, retail business. Um, so that's where I'm spending most of my time now. Um, it's, it's very interesting uh, because it's enabled me to have a change of lifestyle. Uh, it means I get a lot more time at home. But is it more exciting? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it's um, the same level as the excitement before. So uh, that's what I'm doing a lot more of now. The big question, is your wife happy that you are often at home? I don't think so much my wife. It's more my kids. My kids enjoy seeing me a lot more. So, And to be honest, for me personally, uh, in lockdown one, um, in the UK, a lot of people started doing things like walking and other family things. Uh, and that really brought it home to me, having a lot more time at home. And, uh, you know, perhaps I work, I make, uh, I'd say I make less money now than I did before, but certainly from a lifestyle point of view, uh, I think I definitely enjoy my lifestyle a lot more. Uh, so, uh, yeah, 
I think uh, it's the right thing for me, someone of my age anyway. And I think you are already introducing perfectly the next question that I always ask. And I'm quite sure one of this topic will be family. But which values drive you in life? So um, one of the advantages of, of working for yourself when you've got your own consultancy, like you, know, like you have that advantage, is you can pick and choose your own clients. And I think I like working with people because I believe um, honesty, integrity, and I like working with people who uh, want to do good. You know, uh, so for me, the values that I think are important, you know, we are all one big global village. Uh, and I think, you know, integrity and honesty are also very important for me. Thank you, Naim. Sorry, I allow myself to quickly correct you also for the audience. I am not a consultant. I have a corporate job, 100%. I am not giving consulting. <laughs> Only that that uh, everybody's aware of because I get a lot of requests. Happy to help you find the best possible consultant, but I'm not uh, I'm not a consultant myself anymore. Uh, thank you for, for, for this introduction and for, for this question. And now let's jump really on agility and customer experience. Everybody's speaking about agility. Not everybody's really doing that. And I think agility is the mentality. And you have quite a lot of example from your current projects in, in social housing sector, for example, that perhaps you can share and, and let's kick off this discussion. Yes, yeah, so agility for me is, is very much common sense. I mean, if we can, if we can go back 10, 15 years, because um, it's not a CX thing, it's, it's just a, a common sense thing from my point of view. You know, there's a, a lot of um, bad press, a lot of bad stories about, you know, big projects which took three, four years to deliver, And then by the end, it didn't deliver what was needed. And for that reason, um, you know, people started talking about agile project delivery. And for me, you know, being agile is just delivering things in smaller pieces, number one, but also checking along the way that we're still on the best way or the best route. So if I was driving from Birmingham to London in England, it's about 100 miles. It's about two hours. No problem. We'll drive straight. But if I was driving from Birmingham, say, to Geneva, uh, there is multiple routes. By the time I've left England, you know, something might have changed. So it's, it's a good idea to check where we're going. And that, for me, is what agility is about. Agility is about saying, you know, we're very clear on our objectives, but we accept that by the time we are in delivery, something might have changed, and we want to make sure that we're still on the right Uh, route to do, deliver the best outcome for our project objectives. So that's why I think of agility. Thank you, Naim. And do you have perhaps also a personal experience with agility in the projects that you are delivering in your old uh, career or in your new career? Yeah, I mean, for us, it happens. It happens every day. And, you know, if, I, if we look at um, one of the key things we, we talk about in customer experience, we talk about voice of customer. You know, the voice of the customer can change on a daily basis. The objectives of a customer can change on a daily basis, partly because we have changes in technology, changes in what I call the state of art. For instance, you know, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable, what is on trend, what is on brand. And with that in mind, you know, for instance, one of the examples I always talk to people about, uh, it's an old example. Um, but it's an example where, you know, when Apple first started ish, uh, developing software and code, you know, they weren't going as an open source platform. They quickly changed that when they realized that um, by restricting themselves, 
they were they were restricting the usability and the objective of Apple. You know, Apple products are great because they just work. And with that in mind, even though it probably wasn't an agile project, it was agile thinking. And if we bring that forward to today, you know, uh, in the modern age, right now, if we are delivering a project, uh, and projects can mean different things. They don't have to just be big buildings or big technical deployments. You know, if we're delivering a project which is around sort of um, increasing um, customer acceptance, if we're looking at a project to say increasing um, uh, customer inquiries or something like this, then it's a good idea to set up a plan to say we're going to do this over the next three, four months, 12 months, but have weekly regular check-ins just to see has anything changed. And I'll say one more thing there. When you're setting up your um, when you're setting up your project or your your uh, initiative that you're looking at, when you set those original parameters, you know when you consider maybe the stakeholders, the um, the social economical factors, if you have those as uh, relevant or impacting your outcomes, those are the things you're looking at on a regular basis. So last year, the last couple of years, we've had a lot of political unrest in the UK by the passing away of Her Majesty the Queen. If we'd set up a project for the whole of last year and we just kept on, on track with that project all last year without taking into consideration the change of prime minister, not once, not twice, the, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the death of Her Majesty, the coronation of King Charles, we would be continuing along a path which was probably not optimal. And this is where agile comes in or agile thinking comes in. It's about regularly checking what you're doing and seeing, is it still the right thing? And are we still in the same parameters when we define the project um, strategy at the start? Hopefully that gives an idea of what I'm, what I what I understand of uh, an agile approaches. I think what, what you're sharing is extremely important. Taking care of the ob objectives, always um, checking the progress and trying to cut everything you are doing in small pieces. And I think this is the, the consultant Naim giving the, the answer and the explanation, the perfect explanation of agility. Perhaps could you leverage also how you are personally leveraging agility in the projects that you are doing? Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, I have, I have three clients at the moment I'm working on outside of the retail space. So I'll probably dip into a little bit there as well, if that's okay. So what I would say, the, the tools that you need or the approach or the mindset is, you know, agile, agility or an agile approach is about opening up communications and, you know, being collaborative to people. Too often, you know, the uh, the design team and the build team and the test team are working in separate, you know, silos. It's about opening up the communications within your team, within your company, within your organization, and getting information, you know, feedback backwards and forwards. It's about having regular checkups and, you know, checkpoints. We've spoken about that already. But it's also about understanding the wider stakeholders. So, for instance, a project that you're delivering uh, the stakeholders aren't just customers. It's also the people within your business who are going to use or deploy that project solution when it's when it's delivered. So it's about getting those guys involved with it as well. Um, you know, we see we see so many things change. Uh, there's so many different um, platforms taking off, or little pieces of technology, or or pieces of news which happen all the time. But if we are not taking those things into mind, um, what's happening is we're delivering things which, which don't meet our objectives, you know. And sometimes, um, you know, the term state of the art 
Um, I always understand it as, you know, what is all the, the technology or the mindset or the approaches out there? Sometimes those things change very quickly. You know, they don't, they change a lot faster now than they did maybe 20 years ago. Uh, the emergence of um, maybe a new influencer or the emergence of a new app or the emergence of a new uh, delivery approach, those things can rapidly change or impact what your customers' perceptions are, what your workforce's perceptions are. And if we're not looking at those things regularly, then the project we're delivering might become out of date by the time we deliver it. Thank you, Naim. I think what you're saying, you are sharing a lot of advantages of uh, working in an agile way and um, why uh, CX professionals should apply that. However, looking also on the downside of, of agility, and I start making some examples that I get from friends, colleagues, other companies that are working are working on that. It's, for example, uh, you cannot not really plan when you go live. And, for, for example, if you are... Um, uh, if if you have shareholders that are willing to know by when you're delivering something in an agile way, you can always postpone, find a way to postpone and therefore make it difficult. Or the other example is uh, people that are extremely focused on the agile process. It means we need to meet every day. We need to do these ceremonies. We need to do this and that. And they really focus more on the process than on being agile. Perhaps do you know or what what, what are the disadvantages that you are seeing in this uh, agile way of working? I mean, I think there are definitely some disadvantages to it. It's not all positive. I mean, one of the disadvantages is that sometimes, um, so let's say you have what would have been a traditionally 12-month project and you chop it down into, say, five deliverable work packages which you're going to deliver separately. Um, you know, one of the problems is that sometimes uh, you deliver the first piece of work and now you come into the last piece of work and there's a, you know, a mishmash you need to go back. Another issue is that uh, with uh, staff, you know, sometimes people will leave companies or leave project teams. And therefore, you know, now they've delivered something, their objectives have been met, they may move on. Um, and also from a budgeting point of view, you have to regularly, from a, a project delivery point of view, you've got to regularly go through the same loops again, appraisals, review, release a budget. Um, so there are, um, there are overheads to delivering in an agile way. Uh, which we shouldn't uh, uh, disregard at all. We should consider those as well. Um, but, you know, from my point of view, I think the pros outweigh the, 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 uh, the negatives only because having worked in this environment many times, I think you can deliver multiple things. But if you are not used to this or you don't have uh, people with experience of this in your own uh, in, uh, organization, I strongly re recommend you read up or you look up uh, some skills to get them into your team. Because the danger is you might not be used to this and suddenly you have a big learning curve to get yourself used to how to deliver. And that suddenly adds uh, overhead and um, complexity to your problem, uh, to your company. And then you end up not having the best outcome for yourself. I think what you're saying is, is extremely important. And there are also coaches helping and supporting um, with the agile principles. Perhaps um, where should people, companies start when they are start working uh, with agility? I think the most important thing is, um, I think the most important thing is to think about what is the, the, the term we use. I, I, I call it fit for purpose, but agile call it minimum viable product. Okay. I think you look at your big project, 
you look at what you really, really, really need, what you can't do without, and what is the minimum you have to get to get it live. Um, so let's say, for instance, we are talking about a CRM system. Okay, very common thing. So with a CRM system, you might want to put in uh, the core CRM system, which keeps a record of your databases, and then you might want to put in a, uh, an email system and a social media management and a survey tool. You might have to put all these different tools in suddenly trying to deliver the whole thing in one go is quite a lot of work. But I would say chop that down into three or four different deliverables, put the core in, see how you're getting on, and then do the rest of it. So for me, if you want to deliver your first Agile project, is look at how can we make this bigger project into smaller projects. Of course, it goes without saying to do some research and some understanding of what Agile means and how it should be delivered to get some best practice. But that is where I'd always start an agile project with. How can we break this bigger project into smaller, smaller deliverables? Thank you very much. And now you shared some advices for uh, for companies who are willing to start. But could you please share where are you applying applying agile principle in your daily job? Well, um, from a from a retail point of view, you know we have multiple projects going on every time, every day, every week, where we're looking at different marketing approaches, different product launches. Uh, we're looking at different um, uh, marketing initiatives and things like this. But I'm going to go a little bit different with you. I mean, I'm working with a couple of companies at the moment who are, uh, getting, I was getting a lot of inquiries from the public sector around healthcare and um, social housing and things like this. Um, and there is a, a huge change in the UK coming up where the social, where the government is requesting that we take more interest in how um, patients are looked after you know, and tenants are looked after. And this is something where, you know, very simply, the, the customers, you know, be their patients or residents, they're basically demanding a better customer experience. We've all heard this. It's a very common thing. Uh, and for this, if we are looking at a, a company who have got, uh, or an organization who's got maybe 100 patients or 100 residents in their care homes, it's a lot to take on board to try and transform uh, their customer experience, you know, you listen to the voice of customer, and the voice of customer says many different things. Some people are, are very uh, reluctant to say anything because maybe they can't afford change. Some people are very uh, some people are very vocal because they expect a better level of um, of service. And behind all of this, we are looking at people who have to uh, the sort of le uh, legal uh, requirements of giving you know the basic level of service in terms of healthcare. So it's very easy to suddenly get lost and have a big team of, of 100 people trying to deliver what could be chopped into small things. And what we're looking at uh, from a residential and from a social housing point of view is how we can chop that up into small deliverables. So again, using the example I gave before, you know, how do we keep better patient records? You know, that's one delivery that we're working on. And then we're looking at how to get better feedback in terms of patients who have certain types of uh, treatment that require and and then getting feedback from uh, families who come to visit those um, those residents and the um, and the uh, patients and the uh, tenants you know suddenly this has become multiple different projects and we're creating a portfolio of projects all on a big nice big Gantt chart which basically says we're going to deliver this first then this and this and we put it into a, an order that means that the first delivery can support the, the follow-up deliveries because we looked at dependent um, uh, dependencies between between the different areas, and trying to build on uh, where you started from in terms of 
you know, if we suddenly try to do the smallest uh, delivery, which could be easily this, one of the surveys, then where would we store the survey? We'd need to have the CRM system. So we have to have the CRM system first, you know, trying to put them in an order. Uh, and, you know, with that example, you know, there's so many different things. Obviously, you've got the patients, the customers, the, the, the tenants, you've got the government legislation, and you've got your um, the, the company um, company ethics ethos where they want to be as well. It's trying to bring them all together. And I think in this situation, you know, agile works really well because it's a constantly changing landscape. So many factors. I think Agile's working really well in this situation. A lot of information there. I think it's great. And I think what you're sharing, it's it's a great example. I am working in a, in a hospital and there are a lot of discussion. Does this customer experience principles apply uh, into hospitals? And does this uh, agile principle apply in, in, uh, in, in, in hospitals? And the answer is yes, but we need to make that understandable to to this company, to these people that we can work and we can leverage them without being religious about how to apply them, but it will help creating always a small piece of additional value and then delivering the, the big value that we want to. Therefore, it was extremely interesting. And as we are working in a similar field, it, it's for me, it's it's clear, but now I think also the audience can understand that that it's, it's independently from the industry, you can apply uh, agility and customer experience. Yeah. Name and let, me ask one more, let me ask one more question very quickly there. And you're probably having the same issue. You know, we're getting a very young um, age group of people who are uh, not the patients, but the patient's family, who have a different perspective on how to give feedback. You know, they're happy giving digital feedback. Then we've got patients and tenants who are maybe uh, aren't so good with digital or maybe, you know, aren't so um, digitally mature. And that's one of the challenges, you know. You can't roll out one solution for everybody. So I'm sure you must be having a similar discussion in yours as well. Yes, that's correct. That's exactly the same uh, the same discussion that we are having. What we can do for for patients themselves, but also for family members, because some at some point in time they need to take decision. Therefore, they need to have all the information, and uh, and it, it's extremely interesting to align all these different. Let's say, let's use the word stakeholders, uh, family members, patients, nurses, physicians that have at the end always the same target, but the process to get to this target is, is different or the journey to get to this target, it's different. It's, it's extremely interesting. And I'm going to add one more very quickly. So the other thing we're coming across is we've got some patients who don't have family, but they have a trust behind them, effectively a solicitor, and they have a completely different perspective. You know, They really want to do the minimum that they're required to do, whereas you get a family member who is very emotional, um, who's very invested and you know it, it is a complex area it's very interesting um you know i've not worked uh, much in this sector before i've worked a lot in public sector but this particularly has been very interesting there's a lot of learning there and i think the best thing is the different purpose what what's the real purpose behind what what you are doing what what i am doing but this is something for a uh, next episode of the cx goalkeeper post podcast super happy to have you back before um we we conclude one one question um we are back on the cx goalkeeper podcast in 10 years time from now uh, and what we are discussing about what are we discussing about? We could be talking about that Aston Villa and I were champions of Europe, but maybe that's not what you're asking me. 
Um, I can see the landscape changing so fast in the next 10 years. You know, the whole, uh, we've seen digital, we've seen technology. Um, I think really we'll be having a very technical discussion about how technology is making things easier. AI is very well advanced. But the one thing we will be common will still be that customers want a better experience than they had before. Thank you, Naeem. And now we are coming to the end of the game. Perhaps it's a friendly game, Aston Villa and Greg. And uh, uh, I have in the last ex in the last three minutes of the extra time, three questions for you. And the first one, is there a book that you would like to suggest to the audience that helped you during your career or during your life? Okay, so uh, apart from the CX book series, I'd always recommend um, Ian Golding's Customer What?, I think uh, Ian's a very intelligent person, but in his book, he gives so many practical aids and worksheets and things like this. I think it's a fantastic resource to somebody who wants to really get into customer service, customer experience, this area. Thank you. And there are some rumors that he's writing a new book. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, the second last question is, um, if somebody would like to contact you, what's the best way? So I'm on LinkedIn and uh, Twitter. Uh, those are the easy, the best way to contact me. And uh, all my contact details are open. People are able to contact me. And you will find all the contact details of Naeem in the show notes as usual. And the last question is Naeem's golden nugget. It's something that we discussed or something new that you would like to leave to the audience. I'm going to say something different to what we said last time. And that's basically um, around the fact that understand the different needs of all your stakeholders based on what we've been talking about. Something we're doing a lot at the moment is understanding that there are way more stakeholders than people are traditionally used to in this, these particular projects I'm working on. So understand all of your stakeholders and the, their importance, their stakeholder power in the, uh, in the final uh, customer experience. The only thing that I can say is thank you very much, Naeem, for your time. Please stay with me and to the audience. It's everything also for today. You know, feedback is a gift. We would love to get feedback. Feel free to contact Naeem to contact me or write a short review on Apple Podcast. Thank you very much and have a nice day. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business. We are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you.